God, I know we talked about it before, but the new notification center in Big Sur just sucks, and I hate it more with every day. Okay. What, what sucks? Sorry, I was distracted. The the new notification <laughs> center in Big oh. Sur? Yeah. It's not just the lack of useful interaction buttons. Uh, it also makes replying to iMessages in real time for the notification really bad. Like, it looks terrible, and it's annoying and clunky, but... It also doesn't show enough notifications. And like, I'm used to that gesture to swipe in from the right and see more notifications. And now I have to click another button to show more notifications. And I want to not do that. Like, hooray for widgets, I guess. I don't need them there. And I want them all pushed down further by my notifications. Like, it's limiting them to three on a giant screen. If only there could be just like a separate section just for widgets. Like, (laughs) that you could, like, slide over to, like, and you could see everything at a glance, like some sort of, I don't know, like a dashboard of some kind. (sighs) Call me crazy. You're crazy. You should call me crazy. You're crazy, Dan Warren. Is it time for picks? (laughs) Uh, No, I have have some (laughs) F.U., Well, I yeah, you too. Let's see if I can find who. Uh, no, you fake off. I might have to follow up on on who uh, somebody somebody on Twitter. Um, a fine fine uh, person on Twitter. Is this, is this um, a who, thing where it's like like a friend has a problem, John? <laughs> no. Someone on Twitter. I'm no, not naming um, names. He uh, pointed out to me that I because I was complaining about last week about the Sonos. Uh, so Stevie Stevie on Twitter. Um, he uh, said that the Sonos one. Play one is actually compatible with the version two software. Um, and the problem had been in my instance that I was using the bridge oh, and the bridge is not compatible. Oh, see, that's what I Sonos was. 2. I was confused, John, because I have a, see. I have play ones that were updated to the Sonos two. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, the, and I, and I only, I've, I, so the bridge is a thing that makes its own Wi-Fi network and connects to your, your router. And I, I don't even know why I ever used it in the yeah, first why place. Were but, you using you know, it? It, it came with my, my Sonos when I got it. And so apparently I've been running this, this other Wi-Fi network to use the Sonos that un, unbeknownst to me really for five years or however long. It's I been. like, I like, oh, yeah, hold on. I like the John, Mr. I am paranoid about any third party software on my network. He's like, yeah, I just ran a whole separate Wi-Fi network for these guys. Who knows what the fuck they were doing with that? Couldn't tell you. Anyway. Uh, so I, cause I took, I got that off the system. Like, Two or three weeks ago, um, I finally was like, okay, what the heck is this thing? I, I And can I get rid of it? Because I was just trying to find things right. I can get rid of. And so I got that out of the mix. And then sure enough, when I ran the um, the little thing that said, you're, you know, let's see if you're compatible. It was compatible. And I was able to update to the the version two software. And the, and the thing that I did, the thing that I realized as like just before I did it was that I was deliberately trying to not upgrade because they had changed the privacy rules <laughs> mm. in the version two they had changed the privacy agreement and i got mad about it when they did that however many years ago that was and then i couldn't even remember what i was mad about so i just did it nice <laughs> so nice. now i'm on the version two software well we're glad to have you yeah i'm sorry lex i didn't attribute to you but the tweets are short uh that you were the one who taught me the trick of pressing and holding the sonos play button to ad hoc sort of add it to the group which i appreciate it's great it's a great tip um i have temporarily potentially positive potentially permanently swapped the sonos one from our kitchen which is our most used uh voice assistant device for the homepod mini as sort of an experiment to see 
how good it is. Uh, and the answer so far has been pretty good and arguably way better than the Sonos one. Because as Lex will attest, the Sonos one just sucks <laughs> uh, for mm. voice assistant stuff. Yes, it just yeah. does. Right. And uh, yeah, I will say maybe the Sonos one's audio is probably a little bit better. Um, but I actually think the HomePod minis is fine for most of what we use it for in the kitchen, which is like occasionally playing some like music in the background or playing the radio or or a podcast or something like that. All of that is totally fine on the HomePod mini. It's still great. sounds great for that. It required a few like rejiggering of things that we had set up to use specifically using Amazon services. So like we had a, any list is our shared grocery list that we add stuff to using the voice assistant. And I had to set up like a different process essentially for it to get stuff when we are like hey add stuff to our shopping list it doesn't this there's a siri shortcut thing but it's more cumbersome because it requires like multiple steps but there's also a thing where it will sync essentially with a reminders list so you just tell it which reminders list to like sync stuff to and then every time you open any list on your phone it like grabs everything from that list and deletes it which has seemed to work fine and then the only other thing was controlling logitech harmony stuff which the echo does out of the box but the homepod doesn't without some more you have to set up basically homebridge which is what i did it's fine once i got set up but it's definitely more like requires more work and more technological savvy to get that working what does any list give you that a shared um reminders list does not for a long time it was reliability <laughs> i had a yeah. lot of problems with reminders for that kind of stuff yeah i like any list just because it, it is a i think we set up specifically because it did work with the echo at the time and then we just gotten used to it mm. but it also does categorize right. stuff which is nice so like it breaks down different types of foods you know like here's the produce section here's the meat section whatever like it's just it's a little smarter about shopping list stuff and then it has a bunch of other features that we don't tend to use but like i don't know maybe some like meal planning features and stuff so i don't know it's a good app i'm pretty happy with it okay we just yeah we we just use a shared um reminders list which is sometimes rather clunky i agree yeah we I mean, mostly it mostly works well. I mean, usually often often we'll get something that Siri did not understand. And so it will it like yesterday it had I'm I apostrophe M was a list (laughs) was a list item. I did not know where to get that when I went to the store this morning. Yeah. uh, Echo has that problem, too. Uh, Like to to remember, (laughs) my wife was going to the store and was wanting to add Brie the cheese. But for some reason, I think she added Brie Larson to our shopping list. I was like, I don't think you can get her at the store. (laughs) Uh, we use a shared uh, note from the notes app with yeah. the uh, checklist. With the checklist stuff. Yeah, that works. Yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Good. But yeah, I'll, overall, I will say the HomePod mini, I feel like has been pretty good, pretty good in the kitchen. Like for the, you know, we do a handful of things like turning lights on and off or setting timers and stuff like that. And the HomePod mini, I think handles all that stuff perfectly fine. And I have found its responsiveness way, way better than the Sonos ones, whatever the hell is wrong with that thing. Yeah, that's what it- doesn't sound like my biggest is going through my biggest hesitation here is like everything else is sonos and i really appreciate that Mm -hmm. and that it all works and it all is paired and like in the summer or now in the full year round staying outside times when you just freeze because you don't want to get sick i appreciate that like if i put on the speakers outside i often when i come into the kitchen will hold down that button on the sonos in there So that it's linked up so that I don't forget in part <laughs> that the music's on. And also because it's cool. If you go in the house, so you can still hear the song you're listening to outside. And the fact that, frankly, I've already screwed this, right? Because now I've put the old Echo back in the kitchen because I got so frustrated with the Sonos Play 1. But like the fact that this is a non sonos thing, it's like, 
Everything else is. So it's just annoying. Everything I've, I've, I've like tipped over that line a little bit where it's like more stuff in my house is now AirPlay compatible than Sonos compatible. Mm-hmm. And now the Play 1s are the odd, are the odd speakers out mm-hmm. because they don't support yeah. AirPlay. But I would still like, I like that feature so much of the press and hold thing that I would love it if the HomePods had their own version of that, which is kind of what I was trying to say with the tweet I put up, which is like, it'd be great if I could walk in my office, tap and hold on my HomePod or something and have it do the same thing. But it doesn't, you have to go through the phone in order to do that. As far as I know, there's no shortcut to have your HomePod be like, play whatever the other HomePod's playing. And everyone's like, yeah, you Mm -hmm. can just tell Siri to do it. It's like, I can. Sometimes I don't want to talk to Siri. I just want to press a button and have it do a thing. Yeah. But uh, on the on the whole, I feel like it's gotten a lot better. Like you know, certainly from the original HomePod, which was crappy at a lot of things. I think the the whole ecosystem has definitely improved along those lines. And I like that Sonos' stuff is now AirPlay compatible. So like, I would consider replacing those Play Ones, except that they're perfectly fine, uh, and I don't want to spend the money to replace stuff that you know mostly works. <laughs> Seems silly. Yeah. I get that. Well, it's, we're spoiled for choice, really. Yeah, I have. So I have one Sonos and then and soon, you know, sometime in the near future, I will have a, a HomePod mini. And so it's going to be a battle to the death between the two of them. Yeah. Well, the Sonos is probably bigger. It might have the advantage there. The HomePod <laughs> mini is pretty small. Uh, I will say I also had some confusion about the whole uh, transferring music back and forth between your phone and the HomePod thing. Because Apple talked about this feature where it's like, yeah, we're using the U1 chip and it's, you know, you just bring your phone close to it and it'll do it. And I didn't realize because it's kind of weirdly phrased on the product site is like, that is apparently a feature that is not out yet. So it's still using whatever it Hmm. previously was using, which I guess, which was certainly NFC on the full size HomePod. NFC is not mentioned anywhere on the specs for the HomePod mini, but I guess it's probably in there or it's using some weird bluetooth thing to do that i have no idea but it works and it worked the the thing that confused me was i thought it was using the u1 chip and then i had my wife try it with her iphone 8 and it worked fine and i was like all right that definitely doesn't have a u1 chip so i have no idea how it how it does that hmm. i don't have well, an answer for it dan i don't either no. yeah just more questions i don't have a home pod yet <laughs> When is it due to arrive? Or is this like a holiday? It's gift? supposed to ship between the 24th and the... Oh, that's today's the 24th. It's between today and... <laughs> it's here like now. The 4th or something like that. You know, I mean, it's it's not here now. It's... <laughs> but I did I did realize that I actually ended up ordering the um, the MagSafe charger. <laughs> oh, I ended up using mine, Because I too. thought... I remember, I thought I had ordered it. That's right. And then I went in and checked the things that I had ordered on the Apple Store. And that was not in the list anywhere. And then, like, the next day, I got a notification that it had shipped. So I don't know, like, why that didn't show up in my list of purchases from the Apple Store. But uh, it, it arrived uh, yesterday, the day before. Uh, and I did not. I forgot that you needed a new, like, a USB-C charger adapter. <laughs> That's so how they get you. I don't have that part yet, although I have the charger from my... Uh, ipad which it works with of course but then i have to you know i have to swap them i will say the one for the ipad so um i'm not getting full use out of it yet but i have surprising even myself i have been using the magsafe charger and the reason is because something wonky was going on with my chi charger that i have on my nightstand Mm -hmm. where i put the Mm -hmm. phone down and I yep. went to bed, and I, I did, this is the weird part was, I've definitely had things where it's misaligned, but I double-checked it that night. I was like, oh, is it on? I don't think I felt it buzz. And then I double-checked, and it buzzed, and I woke up in the morning, and my phone was so dead, it just did the plug this thing in. Wow. Like, it was gone. <laughs> so I was like, well, something's <laughs> not, something is not right here. 
Uh, so yeah. to avoid that, I I plugged in the MagSafe charger. I don't know if it's because the Qi charger was plugged into a um like a five watt, you know, power source. So my my first theory was maybe there wasn't enough wattage in that mm. to power up the battery in the phone. But yeah, it was weird that like I've never had I've never woken up to a totally dead phone. I've woken up to a phone that is low, right. But I it has also, to work hard to die overnight. Yeah, well, that's yeah, the other thing is right. I couldn't find... I checked the battery log and there was no instant... There's no indication that anything was, like, running amok. Like, I, you know, checked those hours and there's no no apps listed as using up power. So, I don't know if that's the, like, something weird with the 12 Pro, just being, like, especially power phone. hungry. It's clear. Could be something I weird just, about clearly you need a new just phone. bought the phone. No. <laughs> um, I need a bigger yeah, boat. Yeah, no, because I, I had, I had no... I mean, it seemed like, despite... Um, what I had heard prior to getting the 12 mini, the Qi chargers that I have actually do work with the 12 mini, but then I, I noticed it is a little fiddly with, particularly with the one that I have on my nightstand, um, that it is, you have to, you really have to be careful about placing it. And, and last night, for some reason I had to put it on there like several times. It was right in the middle and it wasn't making a connection. And then finally it did. So I, I, once I get the, you know, the right power adapter part, I will probably be switching to that. And I figured, and I can use, I can get it off with one hand. Um, it doesn't, it's not that oh, yeah. hard. It's to not, it off. it's not a strong magnet. <laughs> no, it's not. And you just slide it to the side and, it get, and you can get it off. I'm letting all those go. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Very that. well behaved today, Lex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised, but okay. You still, I was writing it down as a title. I can get it off with one hand. Uh, but so <laughs> do you, do you still love your new phone, John? I do. I do love my new phone. I might even love it even more now than I did before. Wow, if that's if that's even possible, but yeah, no, I um, it's uh, it's fantastic. It's exactly what I wanted, really. I mean, that's what I wanted for like I said, what I wanted for four years. So, <laughs> we do have a couple uh, listener questions. One of okay. them, at least, is a little bit off the beaten path, but we're going to go for it anyway. It's from uh, Mahir, who asks, "What's your favorite Thanksgiving memory?" And I will note that uh, he wrote "favorite" with the British spelling. So really, it's a question for James, but he's not here. Oh, that's bad. Well, you know how James, James does not celebrate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, what's your favorite Thanksgiving memory, gentlemen? Oh man! Wow, that's t- I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't know. All right, I, I got like, mine. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, go my ahead. birthday is always always right around Thanksgiving. On occasion, I do have people. If my birthday's on Thanksgiving one year, which I think it was last year. They'll say, is your birthday always on Thanksgiving? Which I find amusing because then I can say, yes, I was born on the fourth Thursday of November. And that's, I wasn't even. I was born on the day after Thanksgiving. But um, I I didn't like turkey growing up. And so I would always be annoyed because either on my birthday or like the day after or whatever, we'd be eating turkey or turkey leftovers or whatever. And it was just frustrating. And one year my mom uh, also made a duck. And I really like duck. I know duck mm. is very polarizing as a food. But duck I really is like delicious. Duck. And why is it, it polarizing? It really is. It's fantastic. Some yeah. people hate it, but I love it. Those people are wrong. So we had a Thanksgiving duck <laughs> one year. Not a true duck, and I know that's where everybody's mind is going, but no, just a duck plus a turkey. And I ignored the turkey and had the duck, and I loved that. I don't remember what year it was, but it was a good Thanksgiving because I didn't have to eat the bird I didn't like, and I always associated with my birthday. And so I think for a while, I disliked Thanksgiving because I felt like, why should turkey be eaten so close to my birthday? No, I like turkey fine. Like, it's boring, but whatever. But anyway, I, I like that one. The duck Thanksgiving. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that's I don't, good. I don't know if I have a specific one. I'm trying to think back to like yeah. what stands out, and I like I feel like a lot of my Thanksgivings have kind of blended together over the years. And like our Thanksgivings were usually fairly small affairs, like because like you know it's just me and my parents, and then sometimes like family friends or something. Rarely, you were rarely. just worried about the pandemic early. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah, it was close. We all wore masks all the He's time. Planning. Made dinner really hard. Mm-hmm. I don't. That I don't know. That's what I miss this year. Is like, I mean, we're we're cooking at home, and just it's just Cat and I making dinner, and then we'll we may swap some dishes with our with my parents. Like, you know, go over there and like hand them <laughs> some dishes. The dishes. <laughs> Could you clean these, please, mom? And dad? Yes. <laughs> we don't have a dishwasher, so really, it's doing us a favor. But I like I've you know what I like to eat. I'm not gonna feel apologetic about it. I like a good meal. <laughs> Wow. What? I like to eat. I'm not going to apologize for it. Is a Sorry. <laughs> every time I every time I think about saying I li- I like to eat, it's my head it's I don't like to be, I don't want to be controversial, but I like it, to eat. In my head it's the the <laughs> I like to nourish myself. I don't know if you've seen years ago there was an interview on the Daily Show where Al Sharpton was supposed to be on and he was not. And so Stephen Colbert came on and basically gave the interview just as though he were Al Sharpton. <laughs> And there's a line in there where he's like, John, I like to eat. And I always, my head, it just sticks in my head. That's funny. John will put that in the show notes. Uh, will I? Okay. Next to Taskmaster. Sure. Moltz, did you have any answer on the Thanksgiving question, or would you like me to move on to the next question? Um, I don't think I really do. Um, I'm trying to think of any, any. I don't know. I mean, just any time where I make the turkey and it doesn't turn out completely dry, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Uh, this year we're actually we're we're making uh we're gonna make a turkey pot pie instead um, nice because because nobody we were like we don't really like turkey all that much why, why what's with all you people <laughs> don't do like do turkey something, why don't we do something different that will hopefully make it a little bit more moist so turkey is just worse chicken in all ways like visually right. as an animal and as a food <laughs> that's why but uh, i i i am gonna brine this year because I never get to make the turkey because it's always at my in-law's house and oh. my mother-in-law wants to cook. And so this year, at least we can cook, but nobody in my family really likes turkey. So I'm just, <laughs> you can't get a small turkey. They're all gigantic. Right. The other question. I just got part. I got parts. If you're, if you are jealous of uh, these questions and ha- wonder how can you get your own question, of course you have to sign up for rebound prime. That's prime.reboundcast.com. But Billy, who's another rebound prime member asks, if I want to buy a new Apple product, I go to their website and order it. If it's popular, the shipping date might be months in the future, but I can still place an order. If I want to buy the latest Xbox or PlayStation, I have to sacrifice a chicken at midnight while holding an antenna and hitting F5 at just the right time. Why don't more companies handle ordering the way Apple does? I think the answer in large part is because the game console places have these really intertwined relationships with the retailers. Yeah, is my guess. Like the you way can't, that they you have can't stuff buy an Xbox. You can't buy an Xbox from directly you from Microsoft. Can, can you? buy an Xbox Xbox directly from Microsoft, but because they oh, have deals, I think with all the retailers, <laughs> they right. also have to kind of supply them, um, right. because they're okay. kind of keeping them in right. Like they have like a relationship there where it's like, well, you know, people come into those stores not anymore, but they did to buy games or yeah. whatever, and so I think that there's kind of like deals that happen there. Uh, right. and bundles and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I think, you know, in part, I imagine Microsoft and Sony would love it if they just like could take 100% of those sales all the time. But at the same time, I think there are probably other considerations that are kind of, you know, behind the curtain about what, how those are structured. And so instead they ship stuff out in like small quantities and batches and whatever. But yeah, it, it does seem clear that they all kind of suck at it. But then again, on the flip side, Maybe a big part of that is like it really boosts demand, right? Scarcity, like it looks, you know, people yeah. people are sort of rabid about it and want to like jump on and constantly constantly refresh things and figure out, oh wait, there's a deal over here. How do I get this? So 
And maybe it works for me. I kind of gave up. I've given up, I think. I'm not going to bother trying because it's so aggravating. And I want to get a new Xbox because ours died, our old one died, and I would love to get the new one, but I'm not going to, like... I mean, it's one of those things where, like... certainly not going out anywhere to try and get one. Wait, like, four months, and it'll be cheaper and easier to find, and there will be more games, so there's, you know... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not going to... Not gonna bust my ass. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with any of your answers. I think all of your answers are about right. I, I, I very rarely will buy a new console in general. But yeah, I, I, I think it's every answer that you gave is correct, and it's also just this. I think there's something to the fact that Apple either owns or has very, very intimate relationships with its entire supply chain yeah. <laughs> process. Yeah. Which has to help too. Also, quantities must play a part, right? Like, I think there's probably yeah. way more iPhones, for example, than consoles. And the first sort of that, I mean, there's yeah. millions of iPhones. Right. They scaled up a lot better than I feel like the game consoles do. Yeah. Well, plus they they only you know they make the consoles every seven or eight years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's 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 probably harder to do that. Whereas making iPhones every they're making iPhones all the time, baby. Left and right. hand over fist (laughs) so if you um if you aren't able to support the rebound uh through a rebound prime membership we still love you but you can still support us by listening to this message which is that the rebound is brought to you by hotjar do you have a website i'm asking you dear listener yes no i got like six like six or seven any number of websites and did you put time and energy into getting that website live? In Molson's case, no. I've, I've read it. <laughs> I, did, I did. Do you want that hard I did. work? I didn't do very well at it, but I did put time and energy into it. It doesn't look <laughs> like I did. If you don't want that hard work to go to waste, if, if you want to know what your visitors are doing when they visit your site, you know that each visit to your site is an important opportunity to gather important data to help you convert more visitors into customers. You might not know that you can unlock that data with Hotjar. Hotjar is a behavior analytics and user feedback service that helps you understand the behavior of your website's users. You can get their feedback through heat maps, session recordings, and surveys, which helps take all the guesswork out of how visitors use your site, making it easier to convert visitors into customers. As you heard when I was mocking my co-hosts, all of us have websites. Um, We've all used websites in different ways to try to grow our own businesses and, and, you know, whether it's book sales or rebound prime subscriptions, this is important. Knowing how people are looking at your site and how they're going to convert is a big deal. You can make more money this way. You can learn more right now at hotjar.com. And if you want to try Hotjar Business right now for free for 90 days, that's right, three whole months with no credit card required, just click the link in our show notes. It's the one near the Taskmaster link. You can see how visitors are really using your website, collect user feedback, and turn more visitors into customers. And when your 90-day trial ends, add your payment details to keep the business plan or downgrade to a free account. You don't even have to use your credit card when you get this trial. Don't miss out on that important data from your site visitors. You can learn more at Hotjar.com. And to get that 90-day trial, click the link in our show notes. Our thanks to Hotjar for their support of The Rebound. There is not going to be a Taskmaster link. So don't don't look for it. You'll have to check the show notes to find look for, it. Look for the Hotjar link. Do not look for Taskmaster. It will not be there. <laughs> How will I know where to find it, though, John? That's my question for you. Because <laughs> I'm taking out all the other links except for the Hotjar one. <laughs> okay. Well, that's because I'm that's bitter. It's fair. Yeah. Do you guys have anything on your wish list this upcoming holiday season? Something you're hoping to get? <laughs> you have a small phone john stop I am, I am wrangling i am wrangling to get myself an m1 mac <laughs> <laughs> how's that going um well we'll see we'll see i'll keep you i'll keep you appraised 
I'm kind of just saying, like, like, I just don't give me anything else. I'm, I'm also, by by the way, my pick, just to jump ahead to my pick, my pick is selling things back to Apple is my pick. (laughs) Because, um, it's like a long running hostage scheme John has been doing here. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, because I gathered up all the things that I have and I have a, I have an old MacBook Air and I have two iPads and, uh, and an iPhone 7 Plus to, to send back to them and that's going to get me you know about halfway there practically ladies and gentlemen rebound listeners i am as amazed as you are that something could get john moltz to part with with any of the many (laughs) many apple products in his home but apparently sweet sweet not all of them so many i mean like i mean this the 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 device that i'm recording on they wouldn't even take this back i was gonna say would they take your se30 or (laughs) i don't think they would not give me anything for my se30 belongs um, in a museum john which yeah exactly which is why it's on my shelf so you know it's kind of a, you know <laughs> it's well, a very low rent museum uh i i can share the information on this very podcast <gasps> that um i did order uh a he M1 mac mini he yeah. caved see I see i gotta keep up with the freedman well i can't keep up with the freedmans <laughs> but i kind of keep up with the morons <laughs> i don't have a minute. i i just like that i've transferred the mac mini curse to lex instead i that's mm-hmm. what i've been looking forward to i want i'm looking forward to the many many conversations about lex's mac mini and then telling him eventually to shut up about it well what did you what did you get i got nobody wants to hear about the... lex's mac mini <laughs> Uh, let me let me get it directly in front of me. I can't, I can't check my own orders because somebody ordered it for me. Because that's how it works to use somebody else's friends and family discount. Mm. Uh, oh, nice. Um, but so I specifically got the uh, uh, that's not the right image. Hang on, you guys are very patient. <laughs> good stuff. Get it right stuff. Um, I got the uh, M1 eight core CPU, eight core GPU. And 16 core neural engine, 16 gigabyte unified memory, 256 gigabyte SSD okay. Mac Mini. I thought about upgrading, but they charge. I think it's another two hundred dollars to go to five twelve. And yeah, my current laptop is, is two fifty six. And although it has been annoying, I have figured out ways to manage it using the. That's the thing. I think I want to go to five twelve this time. Yeah, I did too. I wanted to, but I decided I didn't already. I have, so I have spent I so much time trying to get this thing. I get stuff to fit on this. Thing. I only it's have really a five. Kind of... I only have a two fifty six, and I'm yeah, very. I'm fine with it. It's uh, I don't keep a lot of no. stuff on the air. It's right now. It's got like over a hundred gigabytes free. Jeez, wow! I don't okay. keep stuff yeah. on no, the air. I, I mean, I have. I think I have like I usually have about thirty. Well, right now forty. I've got forty gigabytes free. Yeah, I mean, but my iMac is usually filled and that up, goes though. up and down like crazy. Yeah, it's. It, I really hate not really having a clear sense of how my storage is yeah, actually yeah. being used because it does fluctuate right. wildly. Right now, I'm told I have 67.13 free. And comically to me, a lot of the time when I go look at it, it changes while I'm looking at it. Like yep. it just did. Now yep. it's 67.11. <laughs> I no idea as why. I understand yeah. it, it has something yeah. to do with the, the, the APFS and the way it calculates right. files. But yeah. like, no, that's definitely, that's definitely what it but is. But it's annoying. Because it didn't used to be like this. Yeah, I, yeah, I really find it irritating because, like, I have the same problem. And, like, uh, you know, when, especially when you feel like, like, I'm looking at right now and the bottom of, like, a finder window says 41 gigabytes available. And I go into about this Mac or whatever and go to the storage thing and it's, like, 10 gigabytes available. I was like, well, that's a, that's a pretty big <laughs> difference, guys. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I think I told you guys that when I was upgrading to Big Sur, I couldn't do it at first because it didn't have enough. <laughs> I didn't have enough room. It was mm-hmm. saying that I was down to about like twenty, and so I w- kept going through this process. And and you have, I mean, and I had to reboot several times in order to figure out exactly how much I had. And one time I got it. I got it to like. I was it was at like 25 and then I threw out an, like 10 and I was like, OK, that's 35. And then I rebooted and it said I had 20. I was like, come on. Yeah, it's so I just said you guys I just threw out 10 gigabytes. I can't have less yeah. than I had. Well, there's all those files you didn't know about, John. Yeah. I, the, I just yeah. sent you the worst, which is it's like it's telling me it's almost full, but it's also telling me 240 gigabytes of it is other. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. it's like, yeah. I hate that stuff. What does that mean? It's hugely frustrating. Uh, it also, it's like, it's part of, to me, it's why, I don't know. First of all, storage uh, we've talked about should be cheaper. Storage is fairly cheap. So the fact that it's $200 to yeah. to add 256 gigs is offensive to me. I, I feel like yeah. Apple should be- But you can't add it later, so- yep. Exactly. But I, I, you know, I decided that I've been making it work on this device for a while. I have external storage that I can use for stuff. And, you know, it's part of why, I, uh, you know, I guess now whatever the Apple- What's Apple's subscription thing called? <laughs> Apple, Apple One. It's part of why my yeah. Apple One thing includes the two terabytes because it can offload stuff. I can put all my photos there in the cloud. And I'm fine with that. Fine. Great. Fantastic. But it is annoying. Uh, I use a third-party app. The Mac has some things to optimize your storage, but then once you've used them, you kind of use them. I use a third-party app whose name I can literally never remember, so I have to scroll through my applications folder over and again when I want to find it, which I'm doing right now. Trying to, but I, there's several of these that exist in the mac ecosystem but they can help you find your giantist files oh yeah and yeah. Mm-hmm. remove them but i i do find that they all work pretty well the I one use that daisy, i use the most daisy disc that's what i use or, that's what i use yeah, yeah like that's daisy what disc. i got because you guys have used it i do well, like i want to be like you guys yeah i know thanks man oh a new version is out right now like i launched it and it was out today as we record how exciting is does that? it find things better does it find more <laughs> You've got no, even no bigger longer files. accidentally deletes all of your important files. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a feature. Yeah, I, I decided, like, at some point, I think it's just the, the multi-Mac lifestyle issue for me, where it's like, I don't want to have files split between multiple computers because I'll never know where to find anything. And so right. I tried to offload. Uh, I am so, oh my God, my that. situation is so, I have crap everywhere. Yeah, see, it's I can't ridiculous. deal with that, John. It, it makes me super anxious because I, I yeah. like, I'm like, I know I'll never be able to find anything. So I've tried well, so to that's offload. That's kind of why I want to go to the five, the five twelve. So that's I. So I've offloaded as much as possible to like the cloud storage stuff, or failing that to my NAS. Just like that's sort of like the canonical place. And yeah. then the biggest problem I have is my Mac, my old MacBook Air, which I mostly don't have any files on. I I do have like the catch all where everything in, I have like like a hundred files in my downloads folder, and I'm just every time I look at like sorting through like that shit, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh no, no, I don't want to do yeah. that. <laughs> Right, right. And and like I go through, I periodically go through and get rid of the big ones, but right. I have like a hundred small files in my downloads folder. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I don't want to decide uh, where those things go. I, I want the overhead of trying to feel like, is this something I actually want to keep or can I be, am I safe deleting this? That's just too much mental, yeah. mental overhead right. for me. Yeah. Let yeah. me ask you, let me ask you a sort of theoretical question about the future of these Do machines, it. because my experience with iPads has been um, that I get a lot longer life out of them, I think, or you know, at least a decent amount more than I do uh, like a MacBook. However, I'm considering the fact that, I mean, if I get 16 gigabytes of RAM and I get a 512 gig hard drive, 
I might be able to use this laptop for quite some time. Well, I mean, like, maybe in like maybe even like six years. I tell, let me, as someone who used a MacBook for six years and <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> well, that was crazy. <laughs> yes, I mean, I had an iMac and that's the that was the major thing. I had an iMac and an iPad and I used those things instead. I don't know. I mean. I used to turn over laptops, say, every three years or so, I felt like was pretty standard for me. But right. I feel like, right. yeah, yeah, I feel like this could probably go longer. I would be surprised if I didn't get five years out of this. But then again, who knows when, like, when they eventually redesign and do whatever major changes right. they're going to do, I might be like, yeah, screw this, man. Yeah, true. Yeah. This was That's what weighed on me yeah. when I got a Mac Mini. I, I haven't had a Mini in a long time. Um, the one I had, the hard drive eventually died, and then I couldn't get it. What, do you, what are you doing with this Mini, by the way, Lex? I don't think you covered that. <laughs> So it's going to be my new, like, I've basically been using my laptop as a desktop. Mm. But I, have this I thought giant, we were going to talk crazy, about his old mini. <laughs> I've got this giant, I, yeah, it was dangerous. I have this giant, crazy monitor, you know, a three-foot-wide monitor. I've got the external keyboard and trackpad. I'm working from home for the foreseeable future, and I'm just working off uh, a Mac Pro that's a work-provided Mac, not a Mac Pro, a MacBook Pro. That's a work-provided MacBook Pro, and it's a, a 15-inch 2018 MacBook Pro. And it's not horrible and it's not great but it's a 2.2 gigahertz intel core i7 with 16 gigs of ram and i was just you know it's it's not slow but it's also not impressive right (laughs) if that makes sense and especially compared to m1 max and so i i I was thinking if i'm basically using it as a desktop anyway like anytime i'm doing something else around the house i'm using my ipad pro i was like i could probably just put a desktop in here Mm -hmm. and the mini seemed like the way to go because that's got an M1 chip in it, and yeah, it's the most yep. powerful M1 Mac you can get right now. So I was like, I'm going to do that, and that's what I did. Cool. It's going to be my main work computer, Podca- podcasting computer. It'll be my podcasting computer, my music editing computer. It's going to be a, the all things computer. Very cool. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. I'm nervous because well, I haven't I haven't done the desktop with like you were saying before. So I do try to keep everything that I care about either in iCloud or in Dropbox. And that has worked fairly well for me overall. And so the the only thing I'm stressed about is if I do decide, hey, I'm going to use my laptop today. Like I need to go work in the basement all day for whatever reason. It's got to be close enough. But I hate that thing when you open up the computer and it's like where you were last three months ago, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like old calendar alerts and all that stuff. Like that's what I want to avoid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. We'll all have M1 Macs. We can all be M1 Mac buddies. <laughs> I think that's a thing. This is an M1 Mac show. Now. This is M1 Mac show. It's too bad that Apple Watch doesn't run on M1, am I right? <laughs> yes. I am right. That's true. Wow. So we're doing picks? <laughs> I did mine already. I got one. I got I came prepared this Go week. Go for it. Got a TV show that I um I happened to see some ads for and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna check that out. That's right up my alley. It is the Alex Ryder show, uh, which is on it's just called Alex Ryder. It's on IMDb TV. But don't worry. If you have no idea what the fuck that is, you can get it on Amazon Prime because Amazon owns IMDb. Uh, but I think you can watch it ad-supported on IMDb TV, essentially. Mm. Uh, they bill it as an IMDb TV original, but it's a British show, so I have no idea where they bought it from. There's a surprise. Yep. Dan likes yeah. a British show, everybody. It's also a spy <laughs> show, so this will definitely surprise you. Uh, Alex Ryder is a, a series of novels by a guy named Anthony Horowitz, um, who also created the British show Foils War. Oh, Tony H. But it's about a it's about a kid who essentially whose uncle is a spy and he becomes a spy, and it's kind of a serial numbers filed off James Bond Jr. Essentially. Uh, but the show is very good uh, and dark and creepy at parts and also very much, if you like 
you know, sort of the James Bond template, like with sort of villains who have these outlandish plots uh, and, you know, some some very great stunt sequences. Uh, it's really good. It's really well produced. It's really well made. It looks expensive. Uh, it's got a really great location where part of the premise of it has to do with this remote boarding school that has like some sinister stuff going on and it's in the middle of nowhere in like the french alps so they have these great any, like any wide boarding shots. school has sinister stuff going on this one has more than your usual amount of sinister stuff going on okay well. but it's it, like it's in this it looks like a shot in the french alps and all this and it's like it's it's great it looks great it's got a couple of actors i know from other stuff including Stephen delane who was in uh, game of thrones played stannis as a uh sort of shady intelligence chief God, i can't i can't even remember anybody from like <laughs> I can't even remember who Stanis is. Uh, the, the the very serious, the the less fewer guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. Got Anyways, it. it's a fun spy show. You know, it re- you know it requires some suspension of disbelief that you know a sixteen year old essentially gets mixed up with spy plots or whatever. But I've I've really enjoyed it. It's only it's eight episodes. I've watched the first. I've watched seven. Um, and yeah, I I I give it a thumbs up. It's been a lot of fun. So you're really optimistic they're going to stick that landing. What it yeah, sounds like to I am. And I think it's already been renewed for a second <laughs> season. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, our friend Anthony Johnston has written some of the graphic novels uh, that were spun say, off. I from thought this. he was somehow involved. Yes. This is a there's like 13 books in this series. It's very popular. Um, and it was made, they made a movie out of one of them, I want to say maybe like 10 or 15 years ago or something, but it didn't really seem to take off as a film franchise. Uh, I got picks. I, um, I'm I'm enjoying the undoing on HBO Max. It's pretty good. It's annoying because they're still releasing episodes versus dropping them all as a binge, but that's the HBO way. And um, HBO has also obtained, and I think Amazon Prime might have this too, but all of Nathan for You. And I don't know if you guys were Nathan for You fans, but I just love that show. And I am mid rewatch. Are you familiar with Nathan for You? No. Uh, comedian Never heard of and Canadian comedian Nathan Fielder. Uh, it, John, it might make you. It might be too uncomfortable for you. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but probably. He, like um, <laughs> he, uh, he, in the credits, he tells you that he graduated from one of Canada's top business schools with really good grades, and then they show you his grades, which are like C plus, B minus, whatever. And um, he goes to real life businesses and offers them advice, and it is always ridiculous advice. He is incredibly deadpan. He never breaks character, but like you know, there's a. He suggests to a cleaning service a house cleaning service that you know the people's annoyance is that you know you're there for a couple of hours but if it takes you know a crew of one x hours then couldn't you get a crew of 40 to clean the whole house in six minutes so it's like <laughs> you'll have a bus and you can you you mop out the house at a time and you go in and clean it really really fast if you remember and my guess is you don't because it was now several years ago there was a thing where there was a, a store that opened up in southern california in los Feliz that was called dumb starbucks um where his advice to a struggling coffee shop was they could call themselves Starbucks if it was parody. And to be parody, it had to be, you know, in some way mocking it. So it was, you could get a dumb Starbucks with like a dumb venti decaf latte, et cetera. And anyway, it is hilarious and ridiculous. And it is all on HBO. And God, it makes me laugh so hard. And sometimes it is very uncomfortable because Nathan is intentionally as awkward as possible. Yeah. But I truly love that show. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, Recommend. Those are our picks. Those are our picks. And we don't apologize. I, well, I, recently, I was going to say, I was going to do one more just because we're doing shows. But b- b- bonus pick. <laughs> bonus pick. I recently no rewatched the last season of Clone Wars um, because so I was got a conversation, you know, like as you do, about which, which the best, the, what were the best Star Wars movies? And it occurred to me like the last four episodes of that season are really up there on the top 
Like, if you consider that a movie, it's excellent. If you know who the character, which it basically is, yes, it's basically a it's set up like a movie. Yeah, four half hour episodes that are essentially one story. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I I wanted to rewatch that in particular, but I decided I was going to you know make sure I watched the entire season to get to that point. (laughs) And um, it was it was just it was so good. It was practically you know breathtaking. Um, So if you haven't seen the show, I would say it's a good show to watch i would probably suggest watching doing a watch list instead of slogging through all 60 you know seven seasons of the the thing to get to that glorious ending but um because there's a lot of there's a lot of things we'll probably agree there's a lot of like jedis jedis win the battle jedis and clones win the battle and yet they can't identify uh, palpatine so they you know nothing changes like there's, right. there's so many battles lost in one and and you know that's, you that's know war man gonna be. that's war uh yeah my uh, i my, guess so my friend jane ritt who is sometimes on um some of the total party kill shows uh she and one of our other friends had put together a watch list which uh we can probably put yeah. in the show notes that's pretty good and tries to uh eliminate most of like eliminate a lot of jar jar for example yeah <laughs> <laughs> not great uh but yeah, that's I, I love that show. It's great. It has it's one of the shows where you went in thinking like, oh, it's about these two characters that we know from the movies. And it turns out those are like the least interesting characters in the show. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, they're good. They're good. Although, you know, at least he's, you know, at least Anakin is way better on the show. Yeah, than they're way the better than they are in the movies. Yeah. But um, there are two like at least one or two breakout characters who are only in the show, although they may appear eventually in live action. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we know one is going to. Yes, that's true. True. Spoiler alert. Anyways, it's a good call. Good call. Did you see that story about the uh, Apple security chief in alleged bribery scheme? I did. Yeah. That was a weird story. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, he wanted, he was trying to get concealed carry permits for security staff and ended up in some sort of essentially bribing the local law enforcement, allegedly. By giving them or a bunch of iPads too, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess some question as to whether or not that was actually. <laughs> yeah, that's a very bizarre story. Who among us hasn't bribed the local police, though? <laughs> yeah, I um, mean, let, me? let let he who has oh, not man. bribed the local police throw the first iPad. Exactly. Yeah. Bonk. <laughs> Stop throwing iPads. <laughs> yeah, that's how people get hurt, John. These are the ones I'm sending back anyway. Oh well, that's fine. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> 